you'll enjoy that uh, my wife has been talked into the new Mac. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm recording. Uh, just less than... It's, when you said, okay, I know what that meant, that we were going to get started. All right, so your wife is considering the new Mac. Yes. Which one of the various ones? The iMac yeah. or a MacBook? Yeah, the, yes. the iMac. So... <clears throat> We've liked this, and again, you we've talked about it before. Like I was, I've always been like an Apple guy when it comes to like my phones and iPads and things of that nature. But um, PC, uh, otherwise, and so when she opted to get this a couple of years ago, we really didn't look into the specs of it very much because I was thinking I'm not going to use it uh, to that degree. Mm-hmm. And here recently, when, you know, I, yeah, I've talked about it, kind of just feeling bogged down and a little slowed. And when she's in therapy sessions, like opening up Windows or in meetings and things of that nature. Uh, just kind of been annoyed with it. And I was like, well, you know, Mike had mentioned something about one of these new things coming out and they're colorful, right? And so we watched a couple of videos over dinner last night because that's what married <laughs> couples do. And she was like, uh-huh. yeah, I want that one, the blue one. So um, I think what, Good yeah, choice. I think they're what pre-orders go live like this Friday or something like that, I believe. I think most of it is, yeah, this yeah. Friday for, and then they are staggered through May, like the iPads come out this, you know, that's, that sort of thing. Um, See, I need it for this. Yeah, the, uh, specifically. I I tried to push. I I really was trying to push Jared to at least get like a MacBook last year, just because. Uh, sober Cinema. Uh, we you talk about having given him runway. Uh, it's not no longer just to gather his thoughts or gather the courage to get behind the <laughs> mic. Uh, that's fine because he he needs room for that thing to rev up. And uh, if we do multiple yeah. ones, you know, he bounce out and save the file. That that's gonna be fifteen minutes of just off mic gossiping while it Windows XP. <laughs> I mean, what's he on at this point? Well, I I guess I made the mistake of you know Jared being the the gamer, uh, and I'll just update you because last time we talked, I mentioned uh, kicking around the idea of bringing you on uh, for our talk on original remake on the Mortal Kombat movies, and you took offense of like, oh, crowd the dorks <laughs> to come in. I would say in the first 30 seconds of our conversation, he goes, I know exactly why you got me here to talk about these movies. <laughs> it's just so, about know, knowing uh, who works best with what content. I, you know, I, I didn't take it as this is a big insult because uh, that's its own economy now, right? People watching other people play video games. I feel like the days of strictly making fun of people for playing video games, uh, now they're they're laughing at you all the way to the bank with one of the... I don't want to say one of the easiest jobs because it's obviously competitive, yeah. but certainly I have had many a thought about my dad when I was playing <laughs> NBA Jam obsessively in the early 90s saying, you'll never make money off oh, that. Yeah. You need to get out and practice your jump shot. And, of course, Practice your jump shot. You got a greater chance of making it pro than uh, as a athlete than a pro gamer. The absurdity of, you know, if I was a seven-footer, I would say yes, uh, Dad. You're on to something because I've already got a statistical advantage, even if I'm just average, average to fine at basketball. But little did he know, if I just kept at it with the hand-eye coordination, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I don't know if there's anybody streaming NBA Jam, but um, we, should, we can you know, start that. Adapted. Well, it's like um, at my uh, the university I work at. The uh, they now have that uh, bachelor's degree in I don't know they don't call it gaming I don't know what they call it um, but they like gutted out an old building building on the campus and then added like all these really nice desktops and uh, th- that's where the students take their classes throughout the day which is absurd but you know and I talked to my brother in law about this 
Um, you know, the, what was the movie? Um, uh, 21 Jump Street, right? The remake. Uh, so when Channing Tatum goes back to school and he's basically just trying to be the same jock that he was, right? And, and mm-hmm. take on all those stereotypes. And it's like, man, what are you doing? And it's like all these, all these geeks that are just looking him up and down like, you are, you don't know what, what life is about these days. And that's kind of where we're at. I think he calls someone gay. Yeah. And that he actually does insult, uh, uh, you know, someone who is proudly out in high school, which, uh, assuming in his day, uh, my day that would not right. have happened and they're like what's wrong with being gay and of course it, it puts them immediately on edge like why well, didn't mean it <laughs> <laughs> that way i just meant it in, as you know you suck or something which that just causes more headache but yes uh i still think it's a little bit of a stretch that jonah hill would be embraced as the cool guy but <laughs> sure i admire what they were going for with uh tatum that's there. the world we live in we have lots of friends that would be popular now that weren't the intangible teddy namely that's uh and you know what that's gonna transition to our main topic tonight i brought you on as a father to try to convince me of the merits of procreating <laughs> and i would say you're you're already uh in the hole you know there's already a strike uh, against you by a <laughs> i was recently dumped up with my very nice close friend who's such a nice person decided to sleep with my boyfriend i would love to just murder suicide them that was the worst. It wasn't that bad. Creative energy sometimes comes from the lowest point in your life. Well, I don't know if you've noticed, but I'm in kind of an emotional crisis right now. I know you're going through some pain right now, but you're always going to be going through something. I like your shirt. This nice shirt's name is Max. This lady's name is Donna. Is this illegal? You've never peed in public before? <laughs> oh, did you just fart in my face? No. Yeah, I... Are you laughing? Oh, my boobs hurt really bad. Maybe you're pregnant. Oh, my God. You didn't use a condom with pee farter? <laughs> I remember seeing a condom. I just don't know, like, exactly what it did. Well, I'm accustomed to a smooth you want to tell him why you don't owe him anything you don't even know this guy maybe he just deserves to know that like i'm not a psycho <laughs> whoa, whoa. this happened and i'm going to get an abortion what's the matter sweetie mom can i come in bed with you talk to me hey max remember from before when we did sex to each other i can't get your blouse off i'm having your abortion do you want to share a dessert? Leave with that. Definitely leave with that. Prove it. The cross is in the ballpark. What is so great about you is that you are unapologetically yourself on that stage, and that's why people love you. He's like so Christian. He's like a Christmas tree. So be the angel on top. I'm not the angel on top. I'm the menorah on top of the tree that burns it down. Max, I have something I want to tell you. There you go. Did you just warm this butter up for me? That's just what you do. <laughs> that some of our friends would be the Channing Tatums of the next generation uh, if they went back to high school mildly terrifies me. Uh, but I don't think you had seen this movie. I don't know if you were aware of it. Um, it's not that uh, I expect you to be uh, up on, I guess, um, Jewish female comedians necessarily as far as who was hip 
what was this, six years ago? Seven now, years ago? I like Jenny Slate, that, right? That's her name, right? I guess, how much do I like her if I'm asking See, uh, what her name is? Well, I had the same thought. So on our previous episode, this was the movie I pulled. We we did a, uh, we talked about a new film called Together Together, which is uh, about a platonic couple. Uh, Ed Helms is the man that uh, hires this woman to carry his child. So it's not her egg uh, and his sperm. So she's merely the vessel to give him the gift of parenthood, even though he, he doesn't have a romantic relationship. And obvious child, uh, I sort of joked, I guess, darkly at the end of that discussion uh, was the movie that it reminded me of, except <clears throat> it was more my speed where it's about a one night stand that leads to an abortion. And that was the meat cute I was looking for. So I'm bringing you on to uh, maybe counterbalance my hatred of, children and be the, cons- the conservative perspective yes <laughs> yes to be to be pro-life on this episode well, I, you know we had texted about it a couple of times namely because i didn't watch it the first time we were supposed to record about this and you had said i will take some some yeah. blame for that because i think i said well we don't have to do this i'm just not like it was one of those things that came up in that episode i had no plans for it and you know you have those things that like it was an itch to need to be scratched. I'm like, I want to rewatch that. I watched it in theaters. I'm in the mood, but I need a, a father. I need someone who has gone through that process. And uh, you were more than willing until a goddamn <laughs> UFC fight came on. Well, I had to take <laughs> on the role of, of some of those roles of, of masculinity <laughs> and being a father and watching the UFC. We, so I, you actually made the joke about. Um, you know, like I, this movie helps me to deci- or would help me decide whether or not, you know, I'll ever procreate. And I don't know if I was being somewhat of a literalist, but I was like, I wonder like what what this story is about. I didn't look up anything about it. Um, but then going into this film, I had no, you know, no previous knowledge, anything like that. And I hate to say, because it's going to sound bad. and I'm going to have to clean this up along the way. Right. Um, Good. I like that this. The entire movie. I was hoping she changed her mind and kept the baby. And at the same time, you, so you, this will be. You wanted Juno. Yeah. Juno 2 is what you wanted. A little bit. And, and, and let's, let's, I guess, start with this point. I wanted that, not necessarily, or definitely not because I have some uh, like pro-life perspective on what a woman does with her body. Like that's, that's not kind of my speed or anything like that. But I think that's the, the difficulty, right? Where you don't have a lot of films that, take on this type of story as it relates to abortion um, that doesn't like demonize the, the, you know, the, the lead character. And so because of that, like the film has to kind of have this be the outcome, right? Like it has to go with once she's made that decision, if she changes her mind at all, then doesn't it kind of like look like a like fifties, you know, like, um, uh, you know, this is what, you know, you shouldn't do, right? Like hopefully somebody came in, they sit down and they talk to her about her, her, her life. And now she's changed her mind. So once she says declaratively, like, I'm going to have this abortion, like that's how this film has to play out because there's such limited representation of this type of narrative, right? Like if there were 50 movies in which women decide to get an abortion, like, like that's the primary th- uh, plot, then I could get out and say, well, I wish this character changed her mind. Because it wouldn't look like I have like this particular stance on abortion. It would just be this narrative in and of itself, right? In a vacuum. And, and what I was, what I kept thinking about when I was trying to formulate, how do I not sound like, you know, this, this conservative uh, here? It's equivalent <laughs> of like, like black quarterbacks in the NFL, 
right? Where it's like, okay, maybe I do think this this uh, particular draft pick would be like a better player at a different position, his particular skill set, but he happens to be a black quarterback. You can't say that with what we know in the context of everything when there's not that many in that particular position anyway because it just sounds like you're stereotyping. Whereas maybe 50 years down the road, that's not as much of a connected dot to like old school um, like racist statements. So 50 years from now, I'll go back and say, yeah, I wish you would have kept that baby. And no one will bat an eye, if it makes sense. But in this film, that's the way it there's, has to go. Yeah, there's a... Um, the, the movie I was thinking of is one that I, I covered uh, a month of Ida Lupino uh, films uh, on a podcast directed by... And uh, one of them was called Not Wanted, which is obviously what the title is. A young girl uh, you know, falls for this, this stranger musician and gets right. pregnant. And then it's it's it's... Because of its time period, it's got all the trappings of the sort of um, the spoiled woman in a way. And now I will give the film credit that it's actually a little bit more complex than what you would expect. But all all of the secondary characters have to sort of espouse uh, the opinions of the day. And here, you're you've dropped into uh, a world where. I think it's not far fetched that when she gets pregnant, that her friends, uh, there is a scene with her mom where she doesn't know how her mom will react to it. However, I, you know, that maybe it's me stereotyping as far as like, well, they're New Yorkers and they're of a certain tax bracket. And, uh, clearly she's attempting, uh, to make her career comedy. Um, she's not doing it full time, nor is she like being that professionally successful. She works at a bookstore that's closing and she's, hard up on money but because of that i get the impression that her mom there's been some sort of support for the arts in the way that she's like well try that we'll help you out when we can so i'm not expecting any sort of sequence where she is lectured about her life choices i think the only time that happens in the film is are you saying because you think her, her mom's played... already accepted that her life isn't probably going to go in the trajectory that someone with that level of affluency would have wanted anyway because clearly she's supporting her in this in that regard, so why would she now be upset? Or I think it would just break. Like I'm sure you've met people who, um, you engage with them in conversation on a personal level, and you get the impression of how they would uh, respond to, I guess, what you call like hot button political talking sure. points. But given the family they've been brought up in. Uh, or the fact, you know, in this case, it's, I would assume like that these people consider themselves very liberal and progressive and forward thinking. So it doesn't really fit in that world. If, as you're saying, like, well, I'm pro-choice, but not for you, not for my daughter. You know, it's, it would be that sure. sort of hypocritical, but I've I met people say, like yeah. that. Who, yeah. Yeah. Um, the funny thing is like the only, I, the only judgment she really gets for, the actual pregnancy is from her friend Gabby Hoffman, who uh, is like, I think berates her for not using a condom with the, uh, what, P farter, yeah. I think they called Jake Lacey, um, which is, it, I got a lot of Sarah Silverman ish vibes in the sense of like, are comedians of a certain age that kind of, you know, the, a certain background, like obsessed with like bowel movements and stuff. Cause that's, that's all over that this. Never... Like even in her comedy, that's how they open yeah. the film. You're talking about her farting and 
Um, I actually found that a little bit offensive <laughs> in the sense that <laughs> it kind of comes across as a, extremely defensive from a gender point of view. That's like we need to establish that, that can. women can can be just right. as crude and crass as men, and, which is interesting. You know, can though, go so far, I, and I don't know if you're similar to me from that perspective. I don't find that type of humor. And I, I remember again another podcast that I was listening to, to you on. Um, can't remember which one because you have so many. But I'm sure you, you'll be able to, to know which one I'm talking about. I think you'd said something about you know comedy being one of, if not the most you know subjective type of art, right? That exists. And in that regard, I don't find that kind of humor funny, irregardless or regardless of of if it's Seth yeah, Rogen or whoever. Yeah, yeah, doing but it, yeah. but you know, there's something to be said about the idea that you know that particular approach is to present this this uh, entry point into a narrative that this isn't, you know, this isn't, you know, Vivian Lay and Gone with the Wind, right? Like this isn't, nope. you know, this is a different, <laughs> this is the new woman, right? Um, and I think they do that in, in a perfectly fine way. I, I think also though, depending on what type of audience member is sitting there, you, you kind of, I don't know if you entirely need that, right? Like I think the person that would need that might, maybe the person that off the premise alone isn't going, to begin with, they're probably you know picketing outside. Yeah, I mean, if this was uh, advertised as, and I, just the poster I, I have in front of me on the on the Wikipedia page, uh, the most winning abortion themed rom com ever made is one of the quotes that they. It's the second quote on, on the poster above the title. They're being honest uh, about it in a way that maybe something like Juno was not, because Juno was strangely embraced by conservatives and like uh you know the fox news right. at the time was like maybe this will convince uh girls that they can do a good thing with all their wild slutty ways that they can give jennifer garner the baby that she deserves and actually let me and i don't think well, i don't think the filmmakers intended yeah. that at all but that was definitely you know the fact that she kept the baby was like it, it these are people that would not enjoy <laughs> the character of juno and what she's talking about but because she made that decision one oh, of sure. us come come into the under the tent. We welcome you with open well, arms. It, it it does bring me back to my initial like thought of like I, I wish she had kept it, and the idea that it it has nothing again it has nothing to do with some moralistic perspective. Um, and I think the the film works obviously better this way. I think more for me it would have been interesting to see, and you could do this like if it were like a sequel to this, which you would never do. But in theory of like I would just like to see what it would look like when she settled down in life. Right, so like I don't really care that she got the abortion. I'm just really interested in uh, um, her narrative with this new relationship and like, essentially like a coming of age, trying to figure out like the future of, of her life. If that included children, fine. If not, whatever. Um, but off of the the very idea of what this film is about, like we were saying, this is the direction that it has to go. I think she handles it, you know, throughout. Even if there are those moments where you know she's she's making kind of crass jokes, even about the you know the baby that's inside of her, I, you know I think that with her personality type, right, like that's what you would expect, right? Like I, you know we even think about some of the conversations I know that you know you and I have had, or or some of the folks that we've been friends with over the years, even moments that are extremely difficult to deal with, all right, like real life stuff. We, we we make some sort of awkward, you know, uh, offhanded joke as this, you know, this defense mechanism. And it's just how we deal with it. And it, it doesn't, it's not necessarily an indictment of our ability to emote appropriately. It's just like, this is how I am healing with like this loss or this, 
you know, this, this bad day of my life. And that's how she's dealing with it too. And again, she's the person that makes poop jokes. So you would expect that to stay consistent. Uh, I think it would do the film almost a disservice if, if you had a lot of moments where, you know, she's, she's sitting down and you can clearly tell from a nonverbal perspective that she's really having a difficult time. We already know she is. Um, you know, even the moment when she, the actual scene where they're removing the, you know, the fetus or whatever from her, it's a difficult decision, but that doesn't mean it has to be played like that throughout the entire film, right? Because then it goes back to that narrative about, well, she, she's making this decision, but she's going to regret it for the rest of her life. Look at her right now. Yeah, I think going back to Juno, they lean into that more and she has the baby. And uh, I think it's either her father. I'm pretty sure it's the father character played by J.K. Simmons. It says, you know, you'll sweetheart, you'll be back here on your own terms. Like, you know, you'll 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 start your own family. And it's just now's not the time um, they want to have those conversations. It's weird and kind of refreshing to see a film tackling the subject matter from, as you're saying, someone who doesn't want to have those conversations. Like she opens up to her mom because I think she wants to be validated in some way by you were saying that maybe she has this inclination that she's disappointed her sure. mother in some way that she is the, you know, a, a black sheep. Um, but I thought that the people in particular are pro-life, what they would have the most uh, hatred for is probably the likability of the Jake Lacey character who really, I mean, they're cute together in a movie, but I don't know about the long-term viability of these two personalities because he comes to this comedy club, doesn't even know there is comedy because he's like meeting clients there. So he's someone that's dropping in their initial interaction that he's there on business. Sure. He's there for adult things. And she, you know, her adult business is making poop jokes that he, I guess, thankfully in both their eyes, you know, missed that occasion. Well, even he has a, a certain level of reverence for the type of person that her mother is, which on paper is the exact opposite. Not only the exact opposite type <laughs> right. of person, but one of the reasons that it seems like there's been this tension between them. Because this woman is a career woman who has this idea of, of kind of uh, maintaining a certain level of, of living, a style of living, a presentation. Well, she's an academic yeah. too, someone that is respected in, Maybe. in that field. Um, are you? I, I wonder if you're casting aspersions on uh, Jake Lacey for. Are you saying that he's attracted to the mom and he's settling for I'm the saying, in my poop joke? In my daughter? years as a professor, I have seen that that you know the student being turned on, and this is what grand gesture. We talk about things that uh, relate to life. Now, not for me in particular, but some people. But in all, in all seriousness, I will say, editor Mike is playing there the clip. Throw right it there. I'm just letting letting you it me. letting it hang save and <laughs> roll the clip. But, you know, one of the things that we did used to talk about with uh, you know the grand gestures, like how does this particular you know situation relate to something in your in your personal life? And you you talk about the the long term viability for Jake Lacey's character um, and Jenny Slate's. It's like, oh yeah, oh, I can relate to that. Like I can relate to being, you know, kind of the, the kind of very like the top pulled up, like kind of stiff and finding someone who was a little bit wilder than maybe what was appropriate for me, kind of really alluring in some regards, seeing like a completely different lifestyle. Um, and they're able to kind of just 
live life, right? So freely. And for a short amount of time, that uh, worked out. And then, you know, even looking back on it, it's like, wait, no, this wasn't meant to last, right? Like, it's... it's And they're, they're being thrust into a pregnancy right, together. Right. And the thought I had on rewatch that would just enrage the people that first off had a problem with an abortion comedy, um, maybe with the hopes like Juno that this is this, the twist is that she doesn't go through with it is that for the most part, he's left out of uh, not just the decision-making because I, I don't want to make it sound like <laughs> that they go halvesies on this of like, you are going to carry this baby. If my vote <laughs> outweighs yours somehow, um, but the way that she tells him is him showing up to watch her do stand up and it's nothing different that she's done throughout the film, which is her style of comedy is pretty much just going up and talking about her day or whatever's on her mind in that moment. It's very self deprecating like very loose too in a way. And it's not you know, it's not well practiced. It's not like stuff that happened to her five years ago that she's right. developed like this uh fictionalized version of it. She's punched it up to make it more comedic and have some distance from it. The fact that she's getting up and telling the crowd tomorrow is Valentine's day and I'm going to have an abortion and doesn't really have a joke to go with it or a punchline. Now, some of it is delivered in a, this is so awkward. It can be funny right. just by the sheer force of my personality, but it's not like she has very pointed material written out about it. She's just getting up and, working it out she's using it that's also sort of like therapeutic experience for herself right like and unfortunately that's also how she has the the one-sided conversation with him as he's just standing in the back initially nodding his head laughing at her like initial sort of awkward intro and then not laughing at all when he figures out this is real like challenge (laughs) how much of a liberal are you really because I can be the guy that, and I've said this before, I've had someone you know that was uh, pro-life and knew I was pro-choice uh, talk to me about it. And they said, well, how would you feel if your your wife decided to have an abortion? Um, and this was after my son was, was born. And again, I am very liberal. So I'd say, well, if she made that decision, okay. Obviously, she's made that uh, that determination based on off of something. And she's you know thought a lot about it because that's, I, that's what I know about her. And at the end of the day, it's not my... It's just not my decision to make. That's my vantage point, right? Okay, so I'm cool with that. That's like my like my liberal line. But I don't know how cool I am though if I'm like getting told about this particular situation like like that, right? Like in the way that he is. You're out out for drinks with another couple yeah. and getting ready to do karaoke, and she's like, "Oh, by the way, guess what I did yesterday?" <laughs> yeah, that isn't that a certain that... <laughs> level of, of like insensitivity in, in some regard. Certainly for a, a, a married couple where you would expect a little bit more discourse right. about uh, anything that you're going through, uh, any sort of emotional baggage you have about life-altering decisions. What about just this guy uh, that happens to, to really like this girl? And they? Ha- I'm not saying that, she, that he deserves a sit-down one-on-one conversation in which she asks him his opinion. But does he at least deserve to not be put in a position where it's just kind of like thrown right at him? Like shit at a I wall. tend to think, I tend to think yes, uh, because the film does stack the deck against our, our main character, which I do believe that uh, Jenny Slate. Oh, I thought uh, she actually wrote this, but uh, no, it's the the director uh, Gillian uh, Robespierre. I don't know how to say this last name, but um, <laughs> he is just point for point, nice guy. Yeah, 
Nice, decent guy. The wor- the actually the worst thing he does is fart in her face on accident. And I don't even blame him for that because she is I'm assuming roped him into urinating on the street because she is also doing the same and she believes in no distance from a man. I think she, she even makes a joke like I'm going to get your splatter uh, like all over me. This and is, I'm this thinking is a very like, topical moment. I forgot to lock my door. And so now we see why Jenny Slate made that decision. So <laughs> I'm going to need you to throw a clip or something here while I get this child out. I just thought, you know, it was extremely topical, like your son was urinating, like in your presence. But <laughs> I need like three seconds. Uh, he just, he's just sitting down. Yeah, he's he, just like, yeah, I'm now, here. Then it's jumping. Then it... He's off screen. like Off screen death? Is that, is that the way of mentioning the podcast <laughs> that I forgot the name of? <laughs> I like that you've been downloading them, but you paid not a whit of attention to the, the title of the screen. And I'll have you know that I spend all of 30 seconds on those show notes coming up with funny little <laughs> gags, inside jokes in the text, but I no had to go back. at them. I just need like five seconds. Okay, yeah, that's five fine. Seconds. Hey, uh, that's my controller one. Here, you go here. We'll play in a little bit. I can't believe he walked into the store. That's a sign. And that would be a sign saying... Like that I'm a present in a box and that he and I should go and start our beautiful life together. You know, I'm not a straight guy. Oh, what? (sighs) But my guess is that most of them would hate that gift. What? You're saying that (laughs) a guy doesn't want a drunk pregnant girl in a box? Uh, If you're a serial killer. Maybe you want to tell him. No, why? Why? You don't owe him anything. You don't even know this guy. Maybe he just deserves to know that, like, this happened, that I'm not a psycho, and I'm going to get an abortion. You know, if I got someone pregnant, I would want to know. If you got someone pregnant, I would also want to know. Probably every newspaper would want to know, because all of a sudden some dude's mouth would be pregnant. Oh, my God, God. you guys, stop it with the crazy jokes. Why do you care what he needs to know or not? You are the one who has to get this procedure. Pay for it. Wear the fucking pad with the big wings, okay? You think if he was pregnant, he would be worrying about you right now? No, he'd be trying to get that fucking thing out of his body. God damn it. You guys, we already live in a patriarchal society where a bunch of weird old white men in robes get to legislate our cunts. You just need to be worrying about yourself and why are you looking at me like that, you little bitches? Everything you're saying is valid, but you are scaring my dick off. We had to edit something there. I don't know how that works. It's actually pretty easy. Um, The harder edits... um are really the multi if i do a one-on-one conversation it doesn't take any time at all it's the third voice um and depending on who that third voice is um sometimes teddy (laughs) where it's like it (laughs) there is no like because on edit i'm halfway listening Mm -hmm. and i'm thinking like other stuff maybe i'm getting together notes links or whatever i need to do you can't do that with Teddy because you, there is not going to be like, okay, here's the part where me and Derek talked about this and it'll go that direction. Right. Then we'll start talking about this. Teddy is a grenade <laughs> that's thrown in. And I'm like, I have to stay on top of that. We can just shift gears uh, dramatically. So that's a little bit harder. That's, that's nothing though. So um, that reinforces it for you. Why it'll never happen. Well, um, I, I had that thought with our, our dog, which is, um, yeah, it's quite a bit different as far as what's socially acceptable, uh, as far as <laughs> just locking him out of the room <laughs> and just being like, you will not see me for two hours because I have to record. Uh, however, he he's had a shift, like, just within the last week. Of, I feel like I'm probably jinxing it. <clears throat> Finally settled it in because 
I've not been able, well, as you've attested to listening to some of my work that has come out almost daily in the last week. Uh, since we've had him, I've not been able to come home from work, walk him, do whatever needs to be done, and sit down to edit until my wife gets home. Because he has to have someone that he's interacting right. with. Even if he's just laying on top of you. If you're sitting at a desk, you better be throwing the ball. He better be getting into something. He just paws at you. He wants to sit in my lap. It was very much like having a, so you a can't, toddler like, just crawling over me. You can't just me. like midday, I'm going to lay down for a little bit and be left alone. There has to be another wow. party here. There has to be another that, parent. That is, that is early until like parenting. Yeah. This last week and even tonight I added an episode and he just – he wanted the door left open so he could go in the backyard so he could come and go. And then he just came in here and just wanted to lay beside me and fall asleep. But didn't need anything else. It's like, oh, we're, we're finally getting to the, I don't know, the teenage years or whatever. Mm-hmm. Where he's like, yeah, it's cool that you like let me go outside and I can go bark at the other dogs. But I'm just going to come go to my room. Sandy's not going to want you to interact with him at all. Well, it's better for the <laughs> podcast, you know, in that regard. Um, but, yes, very true as far as having an, an actual child. And, um, that's the part I want to talk with you about, because I don't think in this film, as much as you're meant to like the Jake Lacey character of Max, um, who really, you know, the rom-com trappings of the, the meet cute, uh, and then the, the breakup here, uh, and you, you mentioned it like our show, the grand gesture, um, I guess her grand gesture is finally just speaking it. Like it's not a, it's not a great one as far as pulling the man in, but it is kind of like his final test. Like you were saying, like, just how liberal are you? How supportive can you be? And when they finally get to have the conversation, uh, she says, well, I was going to tell you over lunch, um, the day where he, he warms her a packet of butter, which I, I don't think I'd ever seen that. Neither. It's like a, what a good guy, but it's, it's actually, it was a pretty clever one. Cause when he started doing that, I'm like, wait, what is he doing? And then even myself, I'm like, Oh, Oh, that bastard! That dirty dog. I he wish is warm my butter. He's he he's racking up points left and right here. Like he's even happy. But isn't indicative and, of like that gentlemanly? He's from a different era, right? It, it plays mm-hmm. that up. He during that you know lunch that they're having uh, sequence, she is on the cusp of telling him, which is you know deeply uncomfortable conversation with a one night stand, and even if it is somebody that they may develop. Sure. You know, the beginnings of a relationship, not the best way to start off the thrusting you into a very, cause she doesn't know this man. She doesn't actually know his politics and the way he comes off. I could easily read him as a character. Like, absolutely sure. not. I'm totally opposed to this, but he drops the line. He's looking at, I guess at uh, making fun for her for the choice of restaurant. That's just old people. Maybe it's the time of day they're going. She makes a joke that she likes going to a place where she can wear a diaper yet again with the, so that humor uh before i finish my mm-hmm. thought here this has been killing me for weeks and i just i it's like when i talk to derek i'm gonna bring this up not on a podcast but here i guess it kind of makes sense go. years and years ago when we we're out <laughs> crowling the streets and the bars when we ran into a group of women i know where that's going was it it was, it was self-deprecating uh-huh. that you um did you call yourself or you called this Young lady, self deprecating. I think she had said something that was obviously, you know, insulting to herself, obviously, but that's what the definition is. And I said to her, uh, you know, don't be so self deprecating. And she looks at me and says, um, I do not shit myself. <laughs> and I remember on uh, such a level of disgust 
Not that she, not that she said shit, but the the fact that she, you know, couldn't count to potatoes. She's not a very intelligent human being. I think I looked at you and it was like we're leaving. <laughs> we got up and left, and we, we did. Yeah. We did. <laughs> that could have been now an obvious child. She would have been the star oh, sure. of the movie. She would have been. The, She's so witty and, and uh, um, you know, kind of quick that she just said that to to appear silly <laughs> and dumb. She's just really funny person. So. They're looking at these old people. She makes the diaper joke. And he with, I mean, like all the earnestness that you can conjure up, which really is, is his sort of stock answer to most things. It's just be decent and nice and like truthful, uh, not playing any games. Says, I can't wait to be a grandpa. And that's what stops her tracks, which it's not a lot to go on. But going back to my inspiration to rewatch this in Together Together, this is two people in a very intimate situation who don't know each other, uh, not even intimately, but barely at all. Like, they know each other for the stupid drunken shenanigans and maybe a hint that this guy is, like, incredibly polite and nice. But that also could come with a lot of baggage as far as how he feels about, you know, this particular life decision. He may no longer be that nice. And that's what stops her in her tracks. And I think it, I think it works. I think, cause I don't really know like how I would read that. Um, What's great about it is he does finally, you know, after that comedy night when he learns the news and I don't fault him for walking away to maybe gather his thoughts on this. Now that doesn't make him the jerk. She told with jokes. (laughs) I mean, in most romantic comedies, it would, play i think what a strength of this film is it plays like oh we just have to break them up just so they can do something sweet to get back together i think this one i totally understand why they need to part and let me have some time to myself here it's not just so we can have a satisfying romantic conclusion it's because you're talking about some serious shit here and you just laid it out for him in that moment and want him to respond Well, not only you know if if she'd gotten on stage and said i got pregnant from a one-night stand and, uh, you know, I've had some difficult decisions, but I'm excited about motherhood. And <laughs> he turns around and walks out. <laughs> I think we have a completely different uh, view of, of his character, right? Like, he's like, he's an asshole. Because um, you know, if we don't, we, we're assuming he's he's never coming back to that kid's 18. And maybe not even then. But, I, you know, you talked about that scene uh, in the restaurant really working. And we really don't we don't really look at that, like his statement of, I can't wait to be a grandpa as being like, Hey, you you know, you're creepy. You're putting the cart before the horse. Like this just may be something that, that you look at a particular part of your life as something that will be great, whether it includes her or not. However, you know, if we, if we take like gender into perspective, which I think you have to, if let's say, you know, we don't have the whole backdrop of her being pregnant, but if they were just sitting there and she looked at a family and was like, I can't wait to be a mom. I think we we internalize that a little bit differently. We internalize that as, well, she's on the prowl because she's trying to settle down. And you're the person. Clock is ticking. Exactly. The clock is is ticking. And now she's, you know, she she wants you to to be able to settle down and have a family. We would look at that completely differently if she's the one, if if she says that. But he can say it. And and the grandpa thing is, is, you know, it's a way to give some distance. And so when they finally have the conversation, and I really appreciate that the film they don't have the talk about this until they're sitting in the the clinic. So none of this discussion is in any way, uh, given the setting and given the timing. uh, I don't think it doesn't have the appearance of this Max character played by Jake Lacey to 
convince her to do something right. else. If that was his intent, like he's, he he's, does that, you know, and he brings flowers to her and is like, you know, I really care about you and I would love to see where this is going. And I want to, you know, see if we can build a life with Let's child. give it a shot. Yeah, exactly. You don't, I mean, if you're that close, if you're that close to end game here, you're not going to be like, well, I'm going to have, you know, my playbook here and I got to make sure everything's ready and I will hit her with the top 10 reasons while we're waiting for her name to be called. You're not getting that close. So yeah, you're right. It, you're, you're, you're down multiple possessions yes. and you're holding the ball for the perfect shot in that case. That is, that is not uh, statistically or tactically uh, a sound decision there, but it it allows them to have the conversation. If you're removing the the sort of crossfire element, the talking heads, where it's like, here's my position, uh, and I will not be moved from it. Uh, he, <laughs> you know, you, you can tell he's playing it back in his head when she's like, well, you, I was going to tell you, but you brought up that you couldn't wait to be a grandpa. And he's like, not now. <laughs> like, you know, not, <laughs> that's absurd. Like, I didn't want to, that didn't mean he's saying that, I guess in it's kind of cool in a way she has put the uh sort of the the chains uh of gender uh flipping on him where it's like oh is he the one that's saying we've got to get this going because i've always wanted to be a family man so you're the one and it it's an interesting movie because the 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 way it ends is incredibly sweet Mm -hmm. like you know i was rewatching it with my wife who had actually seen it uh more than me she had she had watched it again and i had not seen it since theaters and she loves this guy. She's like, he's just so, so nice. He's just so nice and decent. You and got kind. some carrying packets of butter in your pocket. <laughs> I, you know, just whenever I got to warm it up. Slap you know? <laughs> it's Anytime go time. She, you, you're into an argument, you, gotta, you know what to do, baby. You just... <laughs> I wonder, though, uh, Derek, where I said the uh, people who may disagree with the, the the very premise or the decision that goes into it do you think that they are moved off of their stance by the the decent nature of this guy it's like well if this guy can be so nice and understanding maybe I ought to look at this a different way or do you think they condemn him to hell as well as jenny I think slate they condemn him to hell and they say that uh, in in this case she is the delilah or the eve like that she <laughs> uh you know her 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 disinterest in taking responsibility for her actions and for you know taking on the the role of motherhood is bad enough uh but it's even worse that she's now kind of corrupted this young man from you know being able to to have what he wants which is to be a father or to be a grandfather i think that's how they would take it especially when again you know you know how things are right now where folks are you know especially tethered to their echo chamber so while this would be an outlier, they would have every other dumbass Fox News, uh, you know, article that would would preach exactly what they they already believe to be true. I, I I think for him, folks would feel bad for him, right? Because they they would say, well, he wanted something, but he he cares so much about her that he's going to sacrifice it. I honestly think that's what decency yeah, gets exactly, you right there. Exactly. <laughs> if he, or or alternatively, they would say, well, this is why you know you don't. You don't find yourself in these situations with these type of women in which this kind of scenario could even occur. Had she not been so loose and goosey. Disgusting comedy clubs where they're yeah. talking about farts and, and poops. There's, there's smoke do in it. the air, I'm sure. I don't even know where what it's emitting from. Uh, you know, if you just kept to what you were doing, you'd probably found someone 
that you could have you know met on christianmingle.com and it would have been fine so it's probably where the uh, self-deprecating girl oh sure was uh she probably had a profile isn't there. this a tight line though for this film like they and and again I, like I've said before, it's just because there's not a lot of, there's not many, many films that tackle this where you are in some ways handcuffed to having to f- like follow everything the way that we've discussed, right? Like he has to accept her stance. Otherwise, like he's just another person that's, or another man that's trying to tell a woman about what to do with her body, right? Like he has to kind of go in these directions or one false move instantly makes him the bad guy. Right, like if he were to have looked at her and said, "I respect your decision, I really do," um, but I don't know if I could continue, you know, in this relationship uh, based on your decision. Right, like, it, on its face, it would appear like a completely logical, respectful response. But because of the nature of the film and how it champions feminism and you know the right to do what you want to do with your body, he would kind of look like someone that's falling into that trap of so almost penalizing her. For that very fact, even if he's not, or even if he's not trying to. Yeah, usually the, uh, certainly the the stakes are not this high in a rom-com where, I mean, ultimately, you know, if you want to bounce, you can bounce. And it's like, you might be seen as a cad Mm -hmm. or a jerk. Like, you know, how could you, you slept with her or let her on. And then you just, when the the going gets tough, you just can't handle it. You're just a a man child. Um, here, I mean, you're making a, a an interesting point where it's like the more the more he engages, um, the more you could get into dicey terrain where he does look like he's trying to introduce some element of control. Uh, it's only I think really in this particular situation too, because otherwise, him trying to assert some control in his love life is like, well, good. You know, if he wants this to continue then he needs to assert himself in a way and be engaged with this other person. And uh, most romantic comedies are about man or woman, uh, the, you know, the fear of commitment. Um, and, you know, they just can't, it's, there's no stakes. It's just basically, I want to stop sleeping around. Uh, there's the, the Amy Schumer uh, movie train wreck, uh, which uh, it was a trailer moment where the male lead there, Bill Hader, another SNL vet, um, has the audacity to call her after uh, they sleep together and they're appalled. Like, Oh, he's calling. He actually wants to continue that. He doesn't understand like the parameters of the relationship. It was one night and that was it. There's a little bit of that in obvious child, but I forgive it because we know what Jenny Slate's character is going through. And so him showing up again puts more difficulty on, on her decision of, well, how, I've already made the choice, but how much do I involve him in just saying, here's what I've decided? Because if, if he had treated it like a one-night stand and she never saw him again, in some ways that makes it easier on her. Like his his showing up and wanting to court her, uh, you kind of see that all over her face when she's boxing up the bookstore and very childlike sitting in the box when he comes she in there. It. And he says, I would like to... I would like to go on another date yeah. with you. And you can tell that that's... Well, she... I mean, that's the thing. She Doesn't she like him? Like, like we can kind of... Even from... I mean, obviously, up that one night, it's kind of hard to make a determination of that because they're both intoxicated. But you could... T- they have some weird pillow talk. Right? Their <laughs> sex scene montage is like... That guy gets a little weird As with someone you. who's... 
never had a one night stand. I I just thought that was normal for what people like you don't say that on a podcast. Do. We we have a show called the Grand Gesture. <laughs> you can't be putting that out there. <laughs> I heard it with the pro uh, the pro life perspective. I'm just staying on brand here. You have to allude to this history of uh, these women who shit themselves like constantly. Like and there's my just a string of them appearance. that they do. <laughs> You know, it, but you're right. Like this, I mean, that's a it, one. It's it's a it's pretty spot on, um, uh, kind of level of awareness that you're, you're showing here when we're talking about the very idea that her life is ridiculously more complicated by his his very appearance. Um, she has one determination to make, one decision to make, and she really doesn't have to include anybody else's opinion. Um, she brings in all these, except for. Emotional yeah, support exactly. of any sort. Exactly. That's it. And now, you know, whether, whether, you know, we come from a vantage point of like, she should tell him, she shouldn't tell him. It's at least a question now because he walks into that, that store. And I go back to, I do think even from the beginning, she likes this guy, but she would rather never see him again, regardless of, of how much fun that they had or how much uh, she feels like they could make something out of this. Because now what was, what's already a, a pretty big decision that she'd already come to and everything like that i think now has become at least a little bit more complex and that's an area at least as a male i I don't think i've ever really put a lot of thought into like what if what would happen if you know there's a woman out after one night sin gets pregnant but then happens to have these you know really awkward you know moments where she's still bumping back into that person like most of the time we think okay she had that one night sin and now that person's gone right like it was just a dick that appeared and then poof no more and that decision is chiefly on her shoulders. And while this is still chiefly on her shoulders, there's this guy who won't leave her alone because he likes her so much. And he's such a good guy. And that, that conflict is, is, I mean, it's crazy hard for her. Not that hard for my wife, apparently. Who just was going on and on about this dude. Who, wasn't he Jim too in the yeah, office? I, that, uh, yeah, yes. Because I, I know I've seen him in a couple of things. Um, and I was like, this is the guy? Okay, he seems fine. Well, I have it in my head that he's the one that Pam kind of looks at and is like, hmm. Like, you know, there's a younger generation of, of Jim coming up. Uh, not the not the weird intern or whatever, but I felt like he was in for a season when, when Jim was, like, in Florida. I know he was and they, they tried to for, like, one of the later seasons. I'm just trying to remember if he was. They tried to play it up like Jim might cheat on Pam, which, you know. That was never, well, well, never going to happen. There was that one, I think maybe the second to last season, where it was the, the camera guy that was kind of being flirtatious with, with Pam. Talk about jumping the shark. <laughs> <laughs> so did you uh, enjoy this? I My uh, wife kind of, uh, she didn't yell at me, but uh, it's like barked at me for, <laughs> for, for the mistake I made. Uh, it was like a... Uh, a quick jab of like, oh, Derek, watch Obvious Child. And I'm like, we're getting there. You know, <laughs> the things have come up and it's happening. And she goes, well, you made sure to tell him to watch it with uh, Ashley, right? And I'm like, uh, yeah, I said, you, you should watch it. And of course, I'm like, nope. nope, that never even crossed my mind because she's not on the podcast. So what do I care? Right. But she, I would assume that she would, she would enjoy this movie. I think so. Probably. I, but I get you know, the you know, vantage point your wife has of like, this is for people that are busy doing this stupid ass podcasting. Like this is an opportunity to actually share in a moment <laughs> with your significant other on a subject matter that may be more, you know, tailored towards their particular interests. 
Mm-hmm. I did not mention it to her, though. Um, you did have her watch Zack Snyder's Justice League, and I did as well. I'm no better sure. than you, but both our wives did sit tomatoes, through that. Why wouldn't we? Mine thought it was okay. Yeah. Oh, my wife, she, she didn't have an my, issue with uh, it. She loved it so much, that's when we invited my uh, nephew and my sister and brother-in-law over right. to, to watch it again. She enjoyed it. We're doing it, right? Oh, well, No yeah. mistakes made no. here. Everything's so good. Only 5% of the population suck. And we just happen to know one of them. That's fine. <laughs> I like the uh, the the negativity we have to get in there. Dave, like, w, Dave <laughs> w, Griff, a, right? <laughs> <laughs> I need to make that Twitter handle. I really i I ran it past my writer's room. Uh, Jared on Sober Cinema said, "Listen to this thing me and Derek came <laughs> up with, like live on a podcast." And of course, it was old knee slapping hype man Jared. Where he's, That's fantastic. I want to see this. Yes, and. Of course, with most of our plans, that's as far sure. as it goes. Like, well, we've told we've told three people in our circle they liked it. Man, Nowhere, never again. Yep. I will say, I know we're about to to close, but you had asked me, and I didn't get. I kind of forgot to answer how you know, whether or not I liked this film. Thoroughly enjoyed it. I really did. Honestly, the the, the only stuff that really kind of bothered me was just the humor, just because it's not my type of humor. <laughs> but the the story itself uh, was just fresh. Uh, I'm and and kind of new perspectives that. I hadn't really uh, spent a lot of time to internalize because, again, it's not my story, right? Like, it's not my story. And so I, I pride myself on being like, really empathetic, for better or for worse. And so it was kind of cool to just kind of breathe in what that, you know, what that lens would, would look like for someone having to deal with that. It's something I, w- I would never have to face. So uh, I thought she, I thought Jenny Slate was awesome. I, I really did. I, I'm looking at her filmography now, and uh, I'm, you know, disappointed that uh, she's not had more i guess lead roles um the director here they did do a follow-up uh together called landline hmm. which i believe was a, I, I think i saw this it was 2017 i saw it close to its release i think it was about three sisters um hmm. and i can't remember if their parents are getting divorced but it was very you know this is a bad call now but it was very sort of uh woody allen ish as far as the premise so like uh, interiors that, yeah, that the movie i love so much that you spas <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Hannah, her sisters. There you go. I was gonna say interior is much uh, lighter <laughs> and uh, funnier. Um, uh, but yeah, I'm looking at some of the other stuff she's done, and I, you know, I, I don't. She was the voice of Harley Quinn on the Lego Batman movie, Despicable Me Three. A voice apparently she does a lot of uh, voice work, which I could see it. Yeah, you know, pretty distinctive. And she was on. Uh, the only thing that I. Uh, I don't know. Did you ever watch that? I didn't make it that far. Not because if she wasn't on the initial seasons, yeah. uh, she was apparently the romantic lead in Venom. Doctor Dora Skirth in Venom. I've seen Venom. I don't remember anything from. Uh, maybe she's not the romantic lead. No, Michelle Williams had to be the romantic okay. lead. So she is the <laughs> the second <laughs> female lead in Venom. That is. To put it mildly, things have not gone the way I would have liked after Obvious Child. Um, so there we go. We can end on that depressing note. She deserves better. To. One poor decision she does. changed her life. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, if you want to continue listening to me and Derek, um, we we do a show together called The Grand Gesture, and we, on uh, most episodes, are uh, are attempting to do... 89 blockbusters that followed Tim Burton's Batman 89 and comparing them to, uh, if they were influenced in some way, um, 
Derek, of course, you know, the running gag is that they're never better than Batman 89. We reached the peak. Uh, we can get close. What is the closest we've come? Terminator so far? 2. Maybe T2. Yeah. yeah. I don't think people, I think that one people would understand. Like, yeah, it should be. Uh, most there. people, other than uh, our, our, um, our guests, yes, would probably for that maybe episode. even rank that Ooh. above it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, follow us at uh, Grand Jester Pod. Uh, he's at Day Stew on uh, Twitter. Uh, I don't know how much engagement he's seeking. I don't know how much engagement we get for these sort of things, especially when I only put them at the very end of the episodes. You're really relying on people hanging in for like the, the 50 minute conversation and not tapping out. So it's just out. me adding myself uh, because I'm the only person that gets this far. I think it would be a little presumptuous if I did it at the beginning of the show. Like I know you're not going to listen, <laughs> but follow us on Twitter. Uh, I'm not going to do that. Uh, always a good time. And, uh, yeah, when I get back on the editing horse and now that my dog is in his teenage years, uh, that means the grand gesture is like next up for me as far as daily episodes until we're, we're caught up to where I feel comfortable. Uh, which is a weird thing to say cause I control the schedule. So what does it mean to be caught up? Like it's kind of whenever I want this, this, uh, uh, self pressure that you've kind of placed mm-hmm. on your shoulders, especially if you Say, hey, let's do a show where we do, we're going to lock into 89 movies for sure. Mm-hmm. And then we all, we add on to that with Romantic Just comedies, peppered in much like throughout. Obvious Child. Yeah. Um, I'm not, now I'm not really selling it because it's now I'm like working it out in my mind. I'm like, ah, that sounds like an awful lot of work. <laughs> like, I don't, <laughs> I'm trying to get people to listen to it. And in my head, I'm like, I don't know, man. That's a hell of a commitment I've made. Who's going to listen to that? But I don't want to do that. <laughs> That's the name of mine and Dave's new podcast. 